We're asking the important sim questions. Hard hitting questions here. <laughs> with the well, two point eight DCS update. Move with the will, clouds. <laughs> the cloud penis will actually move with the wind. <laughs> we can we can use that for the we can use that to start the episode. There it is. That's the beginning. You might want to add a. <laughs> well, the cloud. <laughs> well, the cloud. Penis. Yep. <laughs> it's recording anyway. So. All right. Okay, we're ready to get started. Let's go. Eastern Group now turning cold. Angels 12. Bogey Dope Western Group. 285 and 43. Okay, I go well south of the line. 14 miles. Red Knight Slasher 02 copies. Clear that gauge. Clear the kill. Clear the kill. He's a bandit. Oh, All right, well, everybody, welcome to the Air Combat Sim Podcast. I'm your host, Casmo. Today, we've got Baltic Dragon. Hey, guys. <laughs> Trickers here. What's up, guys? Trickers here. <laughs> and Rob's here. What's going on? All right, we've had a great time just getting ready to get started with today's episode. Uh, we'll try to recapture all that, that fun here, and we'll just do our little uh, pre-flight checks and go around the horn and... Uh, I don't know. BD, we'll start with you. What have you been up to? I know last time we talked uh, to uh, you, you had computer issues. I'm assuming those have not been resolved. Well, um, today is the small anniversary of two months without my computer now, which is still in repair. Sorry to hear and that. Nobody knows what's wrong. Yeah, I have a laptop, but I don't know. There should be some law saying that if it takes so long, they should give me a new one or something. I don't know. But it's it makes things difficult. Hmm. It's a lemon. <laughs> yeah, by half, probably. No, apart from that... Uh, what you're saying is that like, if much, you uh, turn your car in to get repaired and it's going to take several days, they should give you a rental? Is that what you're trying hmm. to say? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Well, they should give me another PC. I even told them, look, guys, I'll take this one back. I'll pay you another $1,000 and give me a better one. And you'll sell that one later on when it's fixed in three months, whatever. I said, nope. You have to wait. Okay. Grief. So I'm waiting patiently. Is, is that because you're in Europe? Like, is it? No. Yeah, that's because I'm in Europe. I think in the US that would never happen. Can you imagine yeah. something like that? Two months repair. Well, I buy everything off Amazon, I so think... I just send it back. It's broken. Yeah. Two day shipping, man. Yeah. Amazon <laughs> Prime. You guys don't have that? Come on. Well, I I, I brought it back to the. To the, to the place where I bought it, and then two weeks later they informed me they just sent it for to, to check what's wrong with it. So they kept it for two weeks in the store without even touching it. Oh yeah, that's the worst yeah. when you check on it every day. Like, is it shipped yet? Nope, still processing. 
Yeah, well, but apart from that, I'm having fun with the F-15E that we're going to talk about today later on and hear the interview. Uh, and what and and the F-16 with the gamblers, so working slowly on my laptop and things, not as fast as I could, but yeah, all good. All right. Tricker, what about you? Uh, I've been flying the last couple of days, and I've been putting out a lot of new content. Got a new lot of a lot of new uh, tutorials out there. Been doing a lot of shorts as well, so just been working and putting out some content, trying to do better at you know putting out content for people. Do you like doing the shorts? And what what was the content you put out? So I put out a new a lot of new start tutorials. So I put out like a MiG twenty one F five F sixteen start tutorials. And I've been enjoying doing the shorts because, like, the shorts sometimes just take, you know, like, a little bit of time. So, you know, if you have a busy day, you can just do, like, a little bit of content and then put put it out there and people view it on their phone. The comments are pretty crazy. And uh, I'm getting a lot of new viewers, which is nice. But then uh, on most of my tutorials, like my start tutorials, people put, like, hey, just stole this F5. You know, for instance, someone's like, hey, just stole an F5. Got F22s on my on my 6. How do I arm the arm the weapons? So... People leave like all these funny comments. It's pretty funny to you know, you know, to read them. But that's all I've been doing. It's, the shorts are strange. It's funny. Like I'll come across shorts from like a completely unknown content creator, but it'll have like six hundred thousand views. Yeah. So it's but I don't understand the algorithm of the shorts and how that necessarily happens because I don't I, have that luck with mine. <laughs> I don't either because like my F five startup tutorial in sixty seconds now has like one hundred and fifty thousand views in two weeks. Oh wow. Wow, um, nice. So, yeah, yeah, that's all I've been doing. Excellent. Uh, Rob, what about you? Uh, as usual, I've generally been uh, working on some hardware stuff. So I got, I was one of the lucky few that got uh, the Winwing MIP set. And essentially it's the F-18 uh, upfront controller and the HUDs, or the MD, MIDs. So on the last episode, you said it was for your kids. And you just said no, it was no, for no, me. No, 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 that was something else. This, this is for me. This is oh, okay. for me. Okay. So, Sorry, I'm trying to... Actually, I have a list here of everything that Rob owns for him and his kids. It's it's not yeah. pretty. No, no. It's... Yeah, if... Yeah. When I'm in denial, it's for the kids. But um, but no, I got those. It's actually fantastic. So, uh, and and I well, I haven't got it completely set up. I'd say that what Wing Wing has done uh, has added software to help configure the multiple displays and it works pretty well. So, so far so good. So does it happy. actually have displays like, mm -hmm. like there's actual screens? Yep. Oh, wow. What's that run? Uh, I think it's like 800, 900 bucks, not Ooh. 940 with tax or with shipping. I guess, I guess that makes sense though. With three, you know, three screens in the, in yeah. the upfront controller, that's, pretty pretty decent actually it's pretty yeah pretty good. and then the software makes it <clears throat> pretty much work seamlessly so overall i think if you're gonna have a sim pit i think that is pretty fantastic i think the other alternative that's been out there recently is the cubesim uh screens and the difference is the cube screen cubesim screens are 3d printed which isn't always the best quality and then good luck in trying to get uh all of the screens to stay in the right configuration, especially after you reboot. So the software solution from the WinWing folks has been great. How long did it take for you to get it when you ordered it? Um, I think it took like a week. So it wasn't bad, but the problem they have right now is that apparently COVID spun up again and they've locked down. So 
Um, you know, essentially, if you want to get it, you can't even, I think you can order it. Maybe they've stopped taking orders. So it's on or it's off. So which is interesting. When I was talking, <clears throat> exchanging uh, in a text with a guy originally, he was telling me that, you know, they were planning to release it in August, but they actually turned off the electricity to the manufacturing uh, in his region. Uh, the mayor did. So it's like, wow. Hmm. So, uh, definitely different uh, Different things happen in terms of manufacturing different parts of the world. Didn't Win Wing open a Tampa warehouse or something like that? I think it was Verbal. Or Verbal, okay. Yeah. I'm getting yeah, confused. Verbal. Yeah, Win Wing is straight from China. And so, and I guess that's the other challenge that anytime you're looking at wanting to get something from directly from China, you don't get the Amazon mm -hmm. uh, return policy there either. So it's always something right. to think about. It's pretty easy to set up though. Uh, no, <laughs> no, actually, it all comes in like not at all. Thanks for asking. No, no it's a great question. Glad you asked. Uh, no, it actually, four weekends. Uh, no, it's funny because they because and actually it's it's smart the way that they put it together. It's just so. Hey, do you want to buy one screen? Sure, here you go. And so when you get it, it's nicely packaged, but you know it takes two to four hours to in fact put the doggone thing together. Uh, and so then trying to figure out how to mount it, what to mount it to, and everything else. Does it come with, like, Ikea instructions? Uh, it should. It should. There is a little guy pointing. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's there's nothing like that. It just got the engineering diagram, and for knuckleheads like me, I'm like, okay, I put all the screws in the wrong, put that upside down, so I don't go start over. Can you pay them more so they send someone to your house to build it for you? I wish. Like Ikea. All the way from China. <laughs> Chinese guy comes in a box. Yeah. <laughs> Eight hundred dollars for the for the MFDs, but you know two thousand dollars for the installation. You have food, and you have room and board. Yeah. You get to keep the guy as well. <laughs> Who's this? Who's this guy? Uh, don't ignore him, honey. Maybe in Europe, but not here. Yeah, yeah. We we it's stopped. Twenty twenty two with BD. It's twenty twenty two, man. The box is moving. We don't do that here. Uh, <laughs> We need to have a, like a disclaimer. <laughs> the opinions of this podcast are them alone. <laughs> Do not necessarily represent the United States. No, no, no. no. To be clear, no, no, no individual for ship. We need to run this by our lawyers first. No indentured servitude with the win wing. Understood. It would be too expensive um, to ship them back. It would be too expensive. Uh, yeah. Or her. Do it same day. Or her, that's right. Could be. Could be a woman. Well, what have you been doing, Casmo? What have I been doing? Uh, working. Uh, yeah, I took I took some overtime, so I was gone a little bit longer in this last one, which was incredibly lucrative, so I'm, I'm not uh, ashamed of doing the overtime. But as I was telling BD before we got started, you know, the problem is I have a very short period of time before I go back on the next trip, and of course with all the honeydew lists and everything going on. So I have played probably one whole solid hour of DCS uh, and that was after the uh, new update dropped which I will say and again I'm a master dogfighter and everyone knows this but uh, the AI definitely gave me a run for my money um, it wasn't doing a lot of this sort of lazy like oh no don't get me you know like we're playing some sort of kinky game like they was really trying to get away and uh, and really trying to get on my my six so i found it incredibly aggressive to the point where i was like like panting at the end i was like holy crap like this was a workout um 
So I thought that was good. I know BD's had some some different experiences from the campaign creation standpoint with the new update, which we were kind of joking about before, and we won't go down that rabbit hole too deeply. But uh, Trigger brings up a good point, though. You know, there are some some budding campaign creators out there, and of course, we have addressed this issue in the past. But when a big update like this hits, what are the second and third order effects for a campaign creator? Uh, well. Don't know which one switch, but uh, crash the desktops, which can happen quite often for people. I mean, it happened before this update. It didn't help. Uh, some people, it's even worse. Uh, it's funny because I, in my end, I can't reproduce any of them, but lots of people can, and that kind of I would prefer to be able to reproduce something because then I can report it or fix it, and that way I just there's nothing I can do. But people get mad at ED or at me. Yeah, or us as campaign creators in general. And the other thing is quite often you get some, uh, with the AI, AI changes on one end, which is positive, sometimes the change which is negative. So AI stops doing the most basic stuff, uh, which breaks missions. And that's also, I got reports, and I think any lots of other guys I've been talking to the third-party developers had the same. I mean, we keep telling people that it's normal because this is how the DCS works in general. It's very, very complex stuff with lots of different things that are being changed all the time and they all work one with another. But it can be frustrating sometimes. And if it's frustrating for the people playing, well, you can just imagine how frustrating it is when you are developing it and then have to find and go back and fix stuff that gets broken. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You have Well, I was thinking... Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say you have the Raven 1 campaign um, and I know there's like some weather... That you have to land in like cat three uh or not cat three but case three sorry um do you have to like go through and like redo anything with that because now the weather actually moves or the clouds move rather i don't know but it's not a dynamic system so the clouds are everywhere so they move from one place but there's new clouds coming it doesn't really change anything but it's more of a yeah crash the desktop stuff and uh lots of things changing like this but in the end i don't have time to go and check all the missions it would be crazy so i'm just waiting for people to report that to me i try to fix what i can or report what i have to and then wait for another patch but i can understand people get annoyed they pay for a campaign which they cannot play right sometimes well i know that uh you and and uh, reflective talked about this in the past like when there's changes to things like the tax or the uh, parking spots you know like that can completely break the campaign but it seems like that's a fairly simple fix it's just mundane but I was, I'd never really thought about it before. Like if there's a dramatic change in the AI behavior, how that could also possibly affect it. Because now you've, you've sort of formulated the things that happen with the AI doing a certain thing, but now he may, he may zig instead of zag and now it completely changes the whole dynamic of the well, mission. Exactly. Sometimes completely breaks it. And, and then I get reports. I have to go back, fly, check what happens, then try to find a solution or sometimes just report it back to the ED. So it's, but it's, it's like a vicious circle that will go on forever with this, how it works. Maybe one thing that would, would be helpful if we had some different way of updating campaigns. So they're not updated through the open betas every month, but we could push the updates more often and people could just download them directly. That would help a lot. But I guess it's, we discussed it, it's apparently difficult to do for some reason, sure. technically. Yeah. Yeah, well, and I think about it too, like the more campaigns you create over time, the more headache you're creating for yourself. <laughs> because this, like you said, will never end. <laughs> Especially if you're a one-man team. Yeah, yeah, it's true. 
I did. I just did an overhaul that is out in 2.8 with my old Mirage 2000 red flag campaign. So I was flying it from the beginning to the end. It took me probably a month. I found bugs in each and every mission, mm-hmm. which weren't there before. So you have to go back and do it occasionally. But as I say, it's, as I say, it's part of the whole thing. That was actually um, one of my favorite campaigns of yours was the Mirage one. But I mean, it's been like three years since I did it. And the last mission that I did, I, I remember it vividly because I was flying, doing cap, and um, an F-15 friendly fired a 120, and it was supposed to go active on an enemy, and it actually went active on me. And so I got shot down <laughs> in single player by a teammate from the AI, and I was like, oh, I'm not doing this again. Because like, you, you, know, you yeah, spend yeah. like an hour yeah. to an hour and a half just sitting there doing the mission, and then you get shot down by a friendly computer, and you're like, did you log off and like Baltic Dragon's stupid no I I didn't say anything bad about Baltic Dragon but I was like just hate Dragon game you know like yeah I understand some people are mad with us like people create campaigns and it's it's natural well to your point you did you did you did say about the crash to desktops and I did have a couple crash to desktops not in uh, 2.8 but in previous campaigns not only you know, not just your campaigns, but other campaigns that I did as well. And that was another frustrating thing was trying to do these campaigns. Mm-hmm. Then you have a crash of desktop and then you got to restart the mission again. And you're like, man, I made all this headway and now I got to, you know, do all this crap again. So. Yeah, but I think that's, that's part of the ZS. This is, I mean, we have to take it with, with all those beautiful things. And if you like playing DCS, you have to live with it. But in uh, Eagle Dynamics does provide you the... Uh, next release before it actually goes out to other folks, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm working on the close open beta, which is all the updates go to it, and uh, so I see lots of things earlier, but it's impossible to right. check all the right. missions. I don't go and play my yeah, old there's, missions. There's, there's no new stuff. way to yeah. go through or run some kind of uh, you know testing no. script to go through everything. But, but sometimes at the point, though, there's so many updates in the closed beta thing that things change night, you know, every day. So yeah. sometimes like it would be working today and then tomorrow it's not working. Um, yeah. And so I could see how that could be frustrating from a content creator. Well, not content. I mean, you are a content creator, but I mean, yeah. a campaign creator, you know, third party developer, I guess you'd say. Well, fundamentally too, people are going to have different ways of, of flying the mission or doing something that, you know, it may just be completely out of left field. Like you would have never tested it yourself. But then somebody decides to do something weird, and you discover a break that way too. Yeah, I mean, you, you cannot envisage all the things people will do. I mean, right. you tell them, look, you have to follow your flight plan because otherwise your missions will not work. And sometimes yeah. the bug reports are actually people making mistakes or playing it not in the way they're supposed to. Sure. But that's also part of the of the game. But coming back to this, like having this one script where you just test everything. Uh, sometimes after an update, things in old missions don't work, but you, when you recreate exactly the same scenario in a vanilla mission, it works okay. So that's mm-hmm. uh, another level of, of difficulty. Well, all that, to, all that, and, but I, I can certainly say that I know that uh, in addition to myself, that a lot of folks out there appreciate all your hard work and, and the campaigns are fantastic. Thank you. No, it's it's fine. I, I, I got a bit upset today, but yeah, I mean, this this happens and... I've been there many times before, and I'll be there 
many times <laughs> in the future. But all in all, I have to admit that when we now we have good relations with EDD when it comes to reporting lots of stuff, and they're very helpful people there like Ben or, or Big Nui who, who are really looking into matters and trying to push the fixes through the system as quickly mm. as possible, which is good. Well, they rely on you guys for that. I mean, that's that's from their mouths. I mean, Wags has told me that before. Like, they rely on guys like you to create that content because it helps further their product. So, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm sure that they are wanting to help you. It's not just a, well, too, too effing bad. Um, so that's good. Well, on, a, so, on a positive note, I mean, you did say yeah. you're working on the F-16 Gamblers campaign. Do you have anything new to share about that? Uh, well, we, we initially wanted to do a campaign that would only talk about Rain's uh, experience there with the gamblers, so it was end 2014 till end 2015. But then we, we were thinking about, because there were so many interesting things that happened later on, like the whole, in 2018, the standoff with the Wagner mm-hmm. group, when I think they, they killed like 300 Russians in Syria, and the US did. So yeah. we decided we'll probably extend the scope of campaign and maybe do it like in two deployments where we also take care of, or that, that's already where they destroyed 180 uh, ISIS oil trucks at some point in one day. So we'll probably extend it so we make more more missions that are memorable and, and known about from Syria and put them all in one campaign, which I think will be nice. Looking forward so to that, uh that Wagner group thing, that was my unit too. So I've seen the, I've seen the footage from that. I can help you with the, uh, with some Oh, that'd be great. Oh, great. The video is out of control. Mm. <laughs> it's not for this platform, but it was out of control. Um, exclusive. Yeah, no, cool. Exclusive. Yeah. Apaches did a lot of work that night. I'll just, I'll just say that there were, there were jets there. Yeah. Yes. But there were Apaches did work. Um, so with the 2.8, obviously there's weather and and rainbows. Trigger, Ooh. I think you've probably flown it the most. What what say you? How is the weather change? So I I did a four hour stream on uh, Thursday, no Friday. Sorry, it came out on Friday. So I did a four like a four hour stream and uh, 2.8 was great for me. I mean, I asked the question on my YouTube. Um, how people are enjoying 2.8 and there, you know, there's a lot of positive and then there's some negative with performance for VR users. But going back to the weather, I thought the weather effects were quite, you know, quite amazing. Um, like I put out a little short where I'm coming through the clouds and, you know, the sun pops out and you see like this, you know, bright sun. And, you know, when you're looking in the sun, it's like blinding. And now when you're like facing the sun with the hood and the sun's right behind the hood, like it's so blinding, you can't even read the hood anymore. Um, the lighting effects are freaking phenomenal. So I love the lighting effects. Um, I love the sun effects. The rainbows look pretty cool, you know, pretty cool. The glories, um, you know, against the clouds. Um, I haven't tested the ice crystals yet or not ice crystals, but the ice halos. Uh, but so far, like everything was great. I mean, it was, it's just so awesome. Cause I was on the gray flag server, which is a PVE PVP server. And it's so cool to be able to fly, you know, in circles, around an, air, an AO and then you know it used to be where there was a cloud and it's always over the AO and you're like crap like you know I got to do yeah. something to yeah. you know I got to find a hole to get in there but now you can just sit there and just wait a little bit of time and you know the clouds will move on by and you know you got a clear shot of whatever you're trying to do that's a good point because I think that's something that maybe some people aren't acknowledging or maybe just not thinking about it and honestly I didn't think about it until you just said it because a lot of people have kind of crapped on, like, oh, weather updates, what about fixing this or that? 
the weather can matter, right? So moving of clouds, that's exactly right. Because I think we've all been there. If you've ever done something where, yeah, you're orbiting the target. You're like, well, there's a freaking cloud right here. But mm. now it's like, yeah, okay, I can reposition. But wait, this cloud moved. Now I got to reposition over here. So it adds a little bit of dynamicness to the to the battlefield. So I think that's right. that's interesting. It's not just it's not just cosmetic. I mean, yeah, rainbows. I you know, I don't care. But um, no, that's that's a good point. Yeah. I was looking for the pot of gold, but um, <laughs> oh. Ed didn't Ed didn't put that in there. Yeah, leprechaun neither. <laughs> What's that? Did you check both ends? <laughs> no, no leprechauns either. Yeah. <laughs> But I did see the Halloween sale video, and that was pretty creepy. Oh, there's a video for that? I haven't even seen that. Yeah, That's I mean, creepy. if you haven't seen it yet, there's, it's pretty creepy. But going back right. to the weather, um, yeah, the weather is uh, phenomenal. I love it. The lighting effects yeah. are top-notch. I didn't really see much of a decrease in performance on my computer, maybe just a couple of frames. Um, but I'm a, I'm a flat-screen user. Um, yeah. But other than that, I thought it went great. I had one crash the desktop. And that was because the server crashed. And um, supposedly there's like a, a bug out there right now with the AWACS where it's like bombarding people with AWACS calls now. So like your whole your whole screen like on the left side will be like 50, you know, like yeah. call outs like blah, 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 blah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah, like, uh, you know, it's like, holy crap, did someone request a picture? That's like my pet peeve online you know like if you're flying online and someone requests a picture and then like for like a whole minute it's like bandit blah you know blah 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 and it's like god shut up you know you just change the <laughs> change the radio frequency so so let me yeah. ask you a question you say you didn't have any performance issues but when you do how do you manage your performance issues uh usually with a blue pill um <laughs> i knew it was coming as soon as he asked <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I was going to lose complete respect for you if you didn't respond with something about that. I mean, that, you, you set me up with that it. one big time, Rob. Yeah. I mean, I got I got a pretty, you know, badass computer, and it handle, hand, you know, handles DCS pretty well. The only map it doesn't really handle well is Syria, and that's on multiplayer. So, like, on single-player Syria, it works great. And then on multiplayer Syria, it's like I lose, like, half my frames. You know, like, mm. single-player, I'll be, like, 120 frames a second and then like multiplayer it's like 60 frames a second and then sometimes if you get down real low how much ram do you have i have 64 gigs of ram and what's your card your uh the 3080 ti um yeah i i mean i've seen that too people are talking about especially the vr users uh about loss of frames but then i saw somebody post on facebook saying they haven't had any problems so i you know it just it gets into a weird zone there where i think people's experiences are, are certainly going to vary and they need to recognize that because you know some people just get very very excited about oh this is completely broken this game well it's broken mm -hmm. a game for you but not for right everybody. i mean it, the reality is is that you know i installed uh windows 11 and now apparently i have teams fired up automatically i didn't even know i had installed it so you know so it just depends on the particular operating system and the other applications that you have installed might be in the background too so all that yeah yeah can you stop talking about the great computers you have because i don't <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Sorry, you BD. do have a great computer. You just don't have it there. It's being fixed. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it, we're, we're actually on Somebody video. Right. We're actually on video right now, and BD's actually crying. He actually has a tear coming down his <laughs> eye. Yeah, his cheek right now. Tears of anger. Sorry, sorry, yeah. BD. Sorry, BD. We we won't talk about computers anymore. Um, all right. So whether. Things like eighteen hundred dollars. So the weather uh, is more than just cosmetic, though I will say, you know, 
I think there's value in cosmetics. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm, you know, and, and then when you hear, you know, a, a, a seasoned Airbus pilot telling you that it looks good, he flies around the clouds all the time. And there's there's joy in that. I like coming in and, you know, you're doing an approach and you bust out of the clouds and there's like Puerto Rico, you know, in front of you and stuff like these see, you know, these thematic moments. Well, then now you can start having those in DCS. So I think there's value in that, too. So it, um, no, I agree with yeah. you. Um, what I think needs to come next, though, is like icing, like real icing conditions. Ooh, um, yeah. So they really need to add. So, it's, you know, it's great that we have this new awesome. Like, I'm not trying to make this a negative. Um, right. So it's awesome. We have this new you know, weather phenomena, but I think we need icing. And the biggest thing I always wanted is like real world weather, like kind of like Microsoft Flight Sim has. So like a multiplayer mm-hmm. server or single player server, you know, you join and you can be like, hey, I want live weather. And I think that would be more, you know, immersive for me because usually it's always like 12 o'clock noon, altimeters 2992. <laughs> you don't even touch the altimeter. Yeah. You don't care yeah. about the winds. Like that's, that's super unrealistic. Like Nobody cares about the winds in DCS. Um, people just take off whatever runway they want or taxiway. Taxi way. Full you know, burner, maybe. What server you're on. Full burner out of parking. Yeah. So just, um, I think, I think real world weather, icing, um, I think that stuff needs to come too. That's true. Icing would be cool. The problem I have with wind is, and maybe I'm wrong because I haven't played with it in so long, but the winds don't vary. Like in real world, you know, you could be flying into somewhere and it says, well, it's, you know, it's, 15 gusting to 20 it's going to be in a range of winds you put you put 15 in dcs it's 15 like 100 yeah. percent of the time so it's kind of like eh, what's the point like i just take no winds it's a it's a good point because like in real world there's always updrafts downdrafts you know the wind's yeah. changing there's no variable wind um yeah. you're always inputting stuff like sometimes in dcs i just feel like my my hand's not doing anything like i'm just sitting there and just adjusting the throttle and then like yeah. the wind's supposedly 15 uh, yeah. meters or i mean i don't know what the i forgot what they use but bd would know i think it's a bit it's a bit different if you use the dynamic weather but it's so difficult to set up and it's it's i've even talked to a guy who is a weather guy in u.s air force mm-hmm. and he, even he was not able to kind of take full grasp of how it's done in dcs and he's a dcs player so yeah but if you do it then you have like you you have rain there you have a thunderstorm there but then clear sky somewhere else it's nice mm-hmm. Well, it's funny, like, too, how the weather change, like, I have a little mission I just set up for myself just to practice with the Tomcat, and I'd had it set up in such a way, there were some clouds, and then I booted it up, and I guess it just changed everything in that weather setting, and suddenly I was, like, in a cloud, facing off against the MiG-29, and, like, we punched out of the clouds, now I'm in the rain, like, it was completely, and everything was moving and stuff, so, uh, yeah, I I think it's cool, I'm I'm glad that they did some change with the weather, because we've come a long way in a short period of time when it comes to weather, because I remember, I mean, it used to look like... The, you yeah, know, yeah, very yeah. vanilla for the longest time for years and years and years mm-hmm. and then we had the new update which was what maybe a year ago and then now this so yeah um now it's definitely steps in the right direction and then turbulence in clouds i think that needs to come as well because you can set turbulence in the mission editor but it's like for the whole entire world right like doesn't matter where you're the at wind. Yeah. yeah so it's, <laughs> it's not you know yeah so i mean like going through the clouds like sometimes you know like some clouds are smooth and then sometimes you're like holy crap why'd i fly in this cloud yeah <laughs> or you have clear air turbulence. You've, there's not a cloud in sight, and you're bouncing exactly. around back there. Exactly. Yeah, and the flight attendants so. are being shaky back here. Well, in your case, it's because yeah. it's too cold or too warm. You know, well, adjust, the, yeah. adjust the temperature, Casmo. Oh, my God. I get that all the time. I wanted a cool 69 degrees back here. <laughs> Roger that. 
Um, <laughs> all right. Well, <laughs> well, moving on from weather. Here's a good list of things that ED can put on their uh, roadmap in terms of weather that have just been listed. Nah, focus on the engine cowling of the K50. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, moving on from the update because we also had the MB339 module released. And I know, Rob, you had chance to talk with the developers about that we'll, we'll roll into that segment is there anything that you want to say prior to going into that no i'd just say that the the guys at india fox echo were fantastic and and while i didn't know a heck of a lot about that aircraft um prior to the interview and did a bit of research uh you know they were so passionate about it it truly was a passion project that they wanted to do and since uh, it's been released i i, I went ahead and got it and it's it's really um, it's very detailed, and I think uh, these guys, uh, without a doubt, um, will continue to make updates. And they really enjoyed putting it together. Hey everyone, before we roll into this interview, just want to apologize. There was a screw up with recording software at the very beginning of the interview, so we just kind of missed some of the introductions. But uh, welcome Giuseppe and Dino from India Fox Echo Visual Simulation. Great. Uh, and I was a private pilot when I was m much younger. <laughs> uh, so I can do 3D modeling, I can do texturing, I can do uh, coding if needed. Uh, but of course, when you get to this point, you need to assemble a team which has specialized road for, uh, so you need to have really good graphics guy, really good coding guys. And so my role is kind of fading out to a <laughs> management, I would say, uh, of the team rather than actually working on the ECS. Uh, so Duke, uh, if you want to talk a little about your contribution to this module. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Um, each member of the team has a different experience. There are those uh, who had modeling experience uh, on IL-2 Sturmovik 1946, there are uh, those who had coding uh, working experience uh, and those who have an aerospace engineering background like me. Oh, wow. And uh, those uh, who has uh, experience in DCS for creation of uh, private mods or um, people who has uh, um, experience in making uh, high quality libraries. All the all these talents uh, converged in the MIB339 uh, project, which uh, uh, following a lot of study of the structure of the various modules, uh, um, several reverse engineering uh, <laughs> of um, the the system, and the study of the and after a deep study of uh, the development tools available to the public. Uh, uh, this allowed allow us to develop a skill in the creation of a standalone aircraft that not required any Fleming Cliffs uh, license. So mm. from this, uh, we, have, uh, we had uh, the MB339 uh, free mod, uh, which uh, was uh, um, a, very, a very appreciated mod in, uh, for the community. Yeah, that's great. And, and so when you look at, uh, you know, across the board, it sounds like you have a very diverse team with a, a very diverse skill set. Yeah, absolutely. We have, uh, uh, in general, uh, so one of the difficulties there are with DCS development uh, is, uh, uh, like other simulators, you don't have uh, 
basically any uh, I would say default system simulations rather than very very simple things so you kind of need to buy to, to build code for each instrument and for each uh, function of the aircraft mm -hmm. basically from f from scratch yes there is an SDK yes Eagle Dynamics provides support but it's a very very different beast than many other simulators and uh, the team in generally in generally speaking is split between uh, the art department and uh, the coding department uh, whereas uh, Duke of for example, is kind of a special beast because he's the he's our uh, flight dynamics guy, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, so it doesn't really fit in one of these two categories. It's more akin to the coding, mm -hmm. uh, but his special uh, specialty is the flight dynamics. The, 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 the biggest difference, I think, with with many other platforms is that if you want to do a good job, uh, you you need actually a team and a structure. Uh, it's, it's not not a platform that can be approached uh, easily uh, as a, as an hobbyist, frankly. Yep, understood, understood. So, how did you? What inspired you guys to pick the MB three three nine? Well, the 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 easy the, the short answer uh -huh. is that uh, we're all Italians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The MB three three nine is uh, I, I would say by far the most popular aircraft uh, in our country yep. by a long mile because it's the, the, the plane of the Frecce Tricolori. Yep. Uh, and, it, and even if you talk to, to some of your friends that have no aeronautical knowledge whatsoever, uh, they, 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 can, they, can, they, they know that the Aermaki MB-39 is the uh, airplane of the Frecce Tricolori. So we, the, the the biggest reason is the kind of plane we really love yep. and uh, and been, it it has been with the French Tricolori for almost forty years now. So uh, most of us grew with the French Tricolori and B thirty nine in our mind and in your hearts, in our hearts. So I don't know, Duke, if you have a different. Uh, reason why we want to do the 339 really? No, no, it's the same reason. It's uh, a common, uh, a common feeling. Um, the MB339 uh, is also uh, for us. Uh, uh, for us, is uh, the the aircraft because. Uh, Yes, it's the aircraft of the French Tricolori. It's uh, the aircraft uh, who who is able to perform uh, several uh, maneuvers uh, like mm -hmm. uh, the Longchovac. The Longchovac. Uh, it's uh, it is the only jet aircraft in the world able to perform uh, this uh, particular maneuver. Yep. And uh, and and also it's a very good uh, trainer. All. Uh, Italian uh, pilots uh, and all obviously military pilots and all of them have uh, a particular uh, love for uh, for it so for us uh, it has been uh, a mandatory choice yeah 
No, I, I would say also then, that. Uh, sorry, Dino. Sorry. Then we have to say also that the project started uh, in cooperation with uh, an Italian uh, flying group, which uh, uh, which is the Frecce Tricolori Virtuali. Absolutely. They, yeah. yeah, because uh, without them, uh, the DCS uh, MB339 uh, doesn't exist. So uh, the the project started from uh, from the from this team simply because they they were passing through from from IL2 Sturmovic 1946 to a new platform. This new platform uh, was DCS uh, World, and in DCS World uh, there wasn't any MB39. So the group decided to. Uh, to make uh, from scratch this aircraft. Well, it, so it's okay. No, it's it's great. I mean, you know, I I absolutely can understand. Yeah. Uh, it's got a the aircraft has a rich history, and um, and I can certainly see you know uh, why you guys would have selected that as as the the one that you were going to work on. I think it's it's fantastic. Yeah. And then and I understood uh, from a bit of research that in fact it was. One of the candidates uh, as a trainer uh, for the United States military as well um, at some point. So, pretty neat. What are um, what are some of the challenges that you guys encountered as you got into development? Oh, okay. The main challenge for this aircraft is uh, making uh, a multi-crew because uh, the MB three three nine. It's uh, different than uh, uh, an aircraft like, uh, for example, the F-14. The F-14 has a pilot and has uh, a Ryu and a Ryu who is uh, the an operator inside. Uh, the, a trainer is uh, is designed to have uh, uh, flight controls on both uh, cockpits, so you have uh, to write. Uh, Essentially, uh, it's like uh, developing uh, two aircraft at the same time because you have to um, to write a code taking in co in, in consideration that uh, both cockpits have the same instruments, mm -hmm. same uh, in uh, interfaces like the CDU or uh, the um, communication uh, the communication console radio navigation etc etc and both cockpits have to interact without uh, uh, troubles after uh, this and uh, after you are uh, sure that everything works uh, as expected you have to write a network uh, a system for uh, uh, to, uh, to, in order to allow uh, two remote players uh, to fly the same air, the, the, the same aircraft uh, at the same time, it's uh, a big task, and no, non, I don't know if uh, I'm able to explain uh, the, the the difficulty we have uh, met to do this, but. Uh, Dino <laughs> can uh, uh, yeah. yeah yeah can confirm uh, the, the the panic we had at uh, <laughs> at a certain point, but uh, we did uh, it, so it's important. So it, it, it's also so, so what Duke was mentioning is that uh, 
I would say sort of a high level technical difficulty in creating uh, the multi-crew system mm -hmm. and make it work uh, uh, correctly. But in creating a mm, plane like this, there are also a lot of other difficulties which are related, uh, ju just, just, just stupid things sometimes. But if you just think that everything you have to do has to be done twice mm. and work independently, uh, it's a lot of work because you, you may discover that you have a bug uh, in an animation of uh, mm. a needle in your instrument or in the front cockpit. And maybe next time you build a plane, you realize you haven't fixed uh, that on the on the rear cockpit. So mm. there is a, l a lot more work than a single seater. But uh, we really felt it was worth spending time in achieving uh, a good multiplayer functionality just because uh, uh, we think the, it's essential for a trainer. Uh, and uh, I, we hope it will be appreciated. Yeah, I think it will, and I can only imagine the amount of difficulties. So, what do you um, what do you hope this module is going to add to DCS? How do you see um, in this? What do you hope that uh, the players will do with it? Okay, I, I, I'll tell you my my hope for this module. What, what I really think it can bring to the sim. Then, uh, Duke, uh, I, I don't know if you have different perspective, but uh, the intent. Uh, for us was to create, frankly, the most realistic rendition of the MB339 we could deliver. Basically, I would say almost as a labor of love. Uh, we think it's a study level simulation. Mm -hmm. uh, we're very, very proud on the level of detail in which uh, many, I would say almost all of the systems are simulated, including failures, including down to individual circuit breakers are simulated. Uh, frankly, it, it is a tool that if if uh, if military flight school had that like 20 years ago, it, it would be on par with the best professional simulators. Uh, that were around at the time, and I, do, I don't want to seem, uh, I don't want to brag about that. Uh, I do it just because no, I've not been <laughs> involved in the first hand with the development. Yeah. So I'm praising the team for what they did on this. But uh, what this simulator really brings to DCS, and I would say to any uh, to any any other recreational flight simulator platform at the, at the moment is an extremely, extremely detailed rendition of uh, uh, a military jet trainer. That's what we wanted to achieve. But again, more of, as a labor of love uh, to the MB339 than anything else. Yes, and um, if I can add something, uh, among uh, its features, the MB339 will allow the simmer to program its own data cartridge through a simple TXT file, so no need to have any coding skill. Uh, this is um, um, a particular feature for which we are uh, proud. Uh, furthermore, 
the simmer will experience also the ice effects which degrade the overall uh, aircraft performance so uh, it will have to manage also this aspect uh, uh, turning on the anti-ice uh, and making particular attention because uh, i don't know maybe oh, you can you stall uh, the engine uh, or, maybe uh, you want uh, sorry duke maybe you want talk a little about uh, the possibility of stalling the aircraft in a wet takeoff which yeah, uh, yeah, knows yeah. That. <laughs> it was a very 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 funny <laughs> thing yes, story yes. we had to talk uh, yes uh, we had uh, um, uh, we had our internal testers that reported us uh, uh, a critical uh, a critical uh, bug while uh, takeoff and uh, okay which is the bug uh, no no when you reach uh, 15 knots uh, the uh, the aircraft uh, have a flame out mm. in which mm. condition wind yes okay and uh, night mm. okay mm. maybe you have a wet runway yes yes the weather is raining okay <laughs> read the manual please <laughs> you have to you have to push the relight button because you have uh, the engine stall <laughs> yeah so the mb has uh, the mb has a relatively low um, uh, air intake mm -hmm. uh, so that's a possibility in the real aircraft it's a possibility in the flight manual and we went down to this level of detail so that's yes, fantastic yes. and just tell you to water ingestion now it's a cool feature until you have uh, the nose wheel down on the runway you you have uh, the engine stall if you don't uh, push uh, the engine relight button it's cool. oh wow yeah. And uh, also uh, talking back, uh, talking again uh, regarding the feature, we have also the, the yeah the, um, the the simmer also uh, in this aircraft uh, will be able to use a modern navigation system because the aircraft uh, has uh, um, a modern uh, CDU and. Uh, for uh, the multiplayer, uh, for the multiplayer, uh, we will have uh, with uh, with MAB39 the full support of uh, DCS Simple Radio Standalone from the day one, mm. and uh, for sure the full synchronization of the multi-crew. Uh, I think, uh, honestly, I think for community, the MB39 is not cool as a modern uh, fighter. We know this. But uh, I think uh, it's an excellent aircraft for those who want to approach to DCS world and uh, who are looking for uh, procedural flight uh, or uh, why not? Also doing aerobatics because uh, yep. we, uh, we wanted to also to, to test it. Ah, for, uh, to, to, to reproduce all the uh, aerobatic capability of the aircraft. And uh, we have to say also that uh, the MB339 was uh, developed with uh, the support of uh, real pilots. If mm -hmm. you, you, we have also um, a good uh, review inside the manual uh, signed by a former Frecce Tricolori pilot uh, who, with a strong uh, experience also uh, as a test pilot. 
and uh, uh, several pilots provided us uh, several feedback uh, uh, testing the aircraft with uh, the actual uh, uh, flight manual, performance manual, and uh, they approved uh, all the flight envelope, uh, which is, uh, according them, uh, is very, very close uh, to the real aircraft. So also for this, uh, we are uh, very, very proud of uh, the result uh, we, we reached. That's 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 terrific. I think it, you know, uh, the more I looked into it, and and uh, to be honest, I wasn't as familiar with it. I was familiar, but not as familiar as I started researching it. And when I started looking into it, I began to look and say, it looks like there can be a great opportunity for the folks that are uh, that have the South America map. Uh, so to your point, yep. you know, training South America, Argentina. And if there, I can yeah. see that there'll probably be a new uh, acrobatic team that will focus on this aircraft as well. Yeah, you can certainly see it. Absolutely. So, so once once it, you're and you're coming up on release pretty soon, I won't hold you to a date. Um, but um, once you've got that out there, I know it's always a continuous process to keep working on the product. But do you guys have any other? Uh, any other aircraft that you're looking at, or is it just still sticking with this one for the time being? Yeah, we. So in terms of the MB three three nine, there is some work to be done. Yes. Uh, yes. Specifically, the flight director. Uh, will, it, it's basically the only. Uh, I would say the only major system that's not be available that will not be available at launch. Uh, Duke, correct me if I'm wrong, but yes. I think yes, yes, correct. It's not that we want to <laughs> to be lazy about that. I really hope that once people will fly the MB three two nine, they'll they will see uh, they they will have the chance to appreciate the amount of work we did on that. But mm -hmm. at a certain point, we said, okay, we need uh, uh, to start. We need to set the release date. Uh, the flight director did not fit into the schedule. And uh, but but it's coming, of course. Uh, we're already working on it. Uh, as for the release date, uh, we're waiting for Eagle Dynamics to confirm, but it's going to be really really soon. Uh, we have already announced uh, already uh, the G91, the Fiat uh, G91, mm -hmm. uh, which is a light attack uh, aircraft from uh, late 50s, mm -hmm. Cold War era. Uh, extremely popular in Europe. It has been um, adopted by Italian, uh, German, and Portuguese air forces yeah. in, in very large numbers. It was produced in uh, significantly large numbers, and it was also uh, evaluated by the U.S. Army, Army, sorry, at a certain point. Um, the idea at the time being to create. Uh, uh, you know that one of the ideas, one of the philosophies, one of the philosophies in, in that area was: can can we create uh, extremely uh, cheap, I would say, well, inexpensive mm -hmm. uh, aircraft to be produced in very large volumes? And uh, the Fiat G91 won uh, the NATO contest uh, in mid mid 50s to 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 create this kind of capability within the 
detonations. Extremely yeah. cheap, like a Fiat car. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, because cheap in English is, is a, I would say inexpensive. Yeah, uh, because actually operationally was uh, was uh, I would say quite successful. Uh, it, it, it's also another aircraft that has been flown by the Frecce Tricolori, uh, actually, uh, yeah. and. That is the only other project we can speak of at the moment. Okay. Uh, we are discussing potential other projects with uh, with uh, Eagle Dynamics. Uh, as some people know that we are very active on the Flight Simulator, uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator mm -hmm. platform, uh, in which, uh, by the nature of the platform, we can produce many more aircraft uh, the development time is significantly shorter so from time to time uh, we get requests on uh, are you bringing that module that particular model to dcs are you bringing the m346 for example to dcs we, we can say of course that we are evaluating a number of other aircrafts uh, and we are in the discussion with the dcs with the eagle dynamics to uh, bring at least another aircraft to DCS after the G91. But the next project is going to be the G91. Got it. Uh, no, and I can only imagine since these are generally multi-year decisions that those are big decisions to make. So, uh, Yep, yep. The, definitely. Uh, truth to be told, we, we don't know... Uh, we don't know what's going to be the financial success uh, of uh, the MB339. And I would dare to say that to some extent uh, we don't care, <laughs> meaning that uh, our primary target was uh, to create uh, uh, extremely faithful simulation of the MB339 aircraft and uh, because we wanted to. Uh, it's true, though, that... Uh, uh, Development for uh, um, for DCS is very very time consuming, mm -hmm. and uh, you, you need to have a, some sort of uh, uh, financial uh, financial results out of your efforts because uh, uh, otherwise it's simply impossible to yep. to create this kind this level of simulation. Yeah, so. no, absolutely. And and I would just say that, you know, what you know, I'd like to have you guys back on after it gets released for us to talk about it a bit more. And I'll be one of the ones that gets out there and, and crashes a, a, a bunch. But um but I'd like to have you guys back on to talk about um you know, we'll come up with some questions and, and kind of walk through it. Um but uh no, but what I find is absolutely. that absolutely yeah. when you when you have uh what I get excited when I hear the passion behind the development team uh, because I'm, I'm in the software business myself. So I understand the, some of the challenges and difficulties of uh, any given day. Uh, so I can appreciate that. Uh, so, but yeah, let's definitely get together once it gets released again and then and put together another uh, episode for that. Cause I'd really be interested uh, once that happens to get you guys on with uh, me and, and Tricker and Casmo. Sure, sure. We will. Uh, we will. Uh, we will love doing that. Uh, I can only say that uh, we we have a number of um, 
different channels to communicate inside the, the team. Yep. So there's a larger team and there's a, there are smaller team dedicated to individual projects. At, at some time, if you if we could share <laughs> the level of uh, uh, I, I would say geekery, if that's English, uh, aviation geekery that's uh, that's in those uh, chats, it's mm -hmm. uh, frankly amazing. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> there, there are people that are obsessed to very yeah. very small detail of each project we are working on, and. Uh, it, it is fun. It is fun. Yep. Sometimes even ourselves, we wonder if uh, uh, some of the things that we put into our planes, I don't know how many people will actually be able to see them and appreciate them. Uh, but uh, what I say is that we do. We make very, very peculiar toys uh, for people that appreciate the, le the level of intricacy we're mm -hmm. putting into our projects. Yeah, absolutely. Well... Let me ask you, so I've, we've gone through uh, a lot of the topics that we had discussed previously. Is there anything that we haven't covered at this point that you guys would like to talk about? I think we've covered a lot of stuff. Uh, there are some technical details maybe that uh, that are too much for the general <laughs> public. But, uh, but no, I think we covered most of, most of the points. I don't know, Duke, if there's anything else you want to bring. The conversation. No, no, no. Well, uh, I, I, I just want to to, to uh, stress once again that uh, um, we got a lot of requests. Whatever we do, whatever platform we work on, it, Microsoft Flight Simulator, uh, DCS, uh, where we did some work on also on Explain. We did some work on other simulators. More often than not, we get a request on, you know, you got a particular model in one platform. Can you bring it to another one? Can you, uh, we want to see that aircraft, we want to see the other model. Mm -hmm. uh, development in DCS, it's a very, very long process. It takes years. So rest assured, we want to make sure that everybody we want to tell everybody we will try our best to deliver uh, high quality products. This also uh, creates some restrictions to the aircraft we can do. Uh, we want to do projects that we can handle, actually. We don't yeah. want to make promises that we will not be able to fulfill. Uh, so we're trying to stick to models and aircraft that we can deliver to a very good level of uh, accuracy and realism. So you, you, you will not see for, uh, for, from us uh, aircraft which are not well documented, uh, well understood and known, and uh, things that it will take us 10 years to make, that, that's, that's going to be a no-go. We want to deliver good products, even if maybe there are simpler planes uh, with respect to some fan favorites. Mm -hmm. uh, we want to do good stuff. Yeah, no, and I, I think the um, as you guys have talked about the quality and the detail uh, level of work that you guys are putting into it, w without a doubt, I think that um, it just takes the time that it takes to, to make it and make it right. So it's exciting. I can't wait to see it. And like I said, when uh, it comes out, 
I want to come back and once we have it in our hands, be able to say, tell us about your favorite thing so we can talk through it. Because I'm excited to hear about the, the cartridge and how that works as well. So I think that'll be really neat. So thank you, gentlemen, again for being on with us today and uh, looking forward thank to having you. you guys back. Uh, absolutely. Well, it will be our pleasure. Thanks for having us and um, thanks a lot for your time too. Thank you. Bye. So in your opinion, do you think it's worth fifty nine ninety nine? I I haven't flown it enough to say that. Not but, to put you on um, the spot. I was just you know, you I was just curious. Yeah. Um, it's revenge for the blue pill. Because I, I don't for me for me I don't I don't know about you you know all all the other folks out there, but I don't buy the trainers. I I don't really find the enjoyment in it. But I can see where there would be yeah. enjoyment in the trainers. So I was yeah, just curious you know, if fifty nine ninety nine would be a Sufficient. No, I, I let me. I'll put it differently. It's like um, my perspective is differently because I, I have a software company. Um, mm -hmm. Is that I believe in supporting those people that make the product, and so that's honestly after talking to them and hearing their passion, I that's one of the reasons why I went ahead and purchased it is to support them. Yeah, well, um, congrats to them. That's their first product. So hopefully, they put out something else. Yeah, well, they do a lot of stuff on the um, on the Microsoft side, and so. I think it, um, but it, you know, it was interesting. They were saying that it takes, um, you know, it, it's actually quicker to develop on the Microsoft side and a lot in years on the on the Eagle Dynamics or the DCS side. Interesting. And then a lot of it has to do with complexity. Um, but that was an interesting point that they were bringing forward. But um, but anyways, would I will I get fifty nine dollars out of playing it? I probably not. But it, it, and it's not a that's nothing to do with them. As all as it has to do with me and the lack of time I have, anyways. Um, but I would the say lack of that time, but you have win wing $800 MFDs, <laughs> a computer chair that moves. He's a collector. My Bose surround gonna, sound system. Gonna... <laughs> a movie theater. <laughs> hey, hey, but here's, here's no, but I, the thing I would say is that I think, uh, we, we can, uh, we can go into more of the hardware nonsense that I've had. And there's no doubt about that. But, um, is Jabbers would uh, said it's a it's a it's a problem and it doesn't end. Um, but I would say that for these guys, uh, you know, it was really cool to hear them talk about it and the passion that they had and why they went and they and they selected it. So I, I thought it was really cool. One thing I did want to go back and sort of uh, that was where I lost my train of thought because you you brought it up, Tricker, and I thought it was worth talking about. Um, so we're talking about the M. What is it? MB three three nine. I keep screwing that up. Correct. MB. All right. So with the MB three three nine, a trainer and trigger, you you just said uh, that you don't like training aircraft. I I kind of agree. Like and and I think that's an interesting sort of dynamic within the community itself because there's some people that swear by them. They think it's a great thing, and I get it from where they're coming from because a lot of times they're like part of a group and they have like a set like training regimen and they have like instructors mm -hmm. and all this stuff and of course absolute value and being able to be in the same cockpit with somebody mm -hmm. uh and do that stuff you know i personally that's right i don't i don't necessarily do that you know um obviously with the apache can because it's easy but i don't um it's like why would i train in this when really i'm trying to fly that like i always tell people mm -hmm. like if if aircraft didn't cost anything like you'd go to flight school and learn how to fly the apache day one because <laughs> like why would i waste my time teaching you this other helicopter but of course right. money is a real thing um so that's that's an interesting point rob i mean you don't get to play that much but um you're not a big trainer guy yourself trainer no aircraft. no if to your to your point if if i have the time and i'm able to to jump into it 
it's probably, you know, F-18 is my go-to, but I also want to jump into the F-16. And it was one of the things that when Trigger was like saying about his five-minute startup on the F-16, I thought was great because if you don't use it, you lose it. And, yeah. you know, and so for me, watch it. Okay, yeah, five minutes. And I can see that in 60 seconds and it brings it back. Okay, here's how I go and do this. So, yeah. so. But I don't, I don't spend a, a ton of time on the trainers or some of the other ones. Even, even to this point, uh, no offense to the Apache, but man, that's just going to be a lot of time to learn that. And you know, I'm just trying to. If I've only got two hours to do X, what am I going to do? Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't well, think trainers guess, are bad. I, I just, I don't want to. No, I didn't want to say like they're bad. I think they have their value. Um, yeah, and I see why people do it, especially like these virtual fighter squadrons. Because um, yeah. I mean, like the mod that uh, what is it, the T45. Um, yeah. People fly that thing like crazy for those virtual naval squadrons before they get into the F-18. So they have their purpose, and um, sure. it's just not something that I want to spend my time on. But other people. Well, will. I wonder if I wonder if it's an experience issue. Like I, I would like I'd be interested to know, like, because I could see the value. Like if you're new to DCS or you're new to flight simulators at all, like how much more value you'd get to flying with someone like Tricker. Or, you know, someone, you know, who's got a lot of experience and now they're in the same cockpit with you. Because, like, I did the uh, the T-45 with a real Hornet pilot um, and that was cool. Like, I already know how to fly, but it was cool because he could really show me stuff. He, you know, he flew mm. the T-45 mm. many, many times. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, it's for me, it's not something I want, but, you know, I don't I don't know that I need the training. So I think I think the trainers are a great idea. And I think what we're missing, though, like, this is just an idea. Um let's just say like Casmo, you're flying the F-18 single seater F-18 and I could yeah. be an instructor and I can actually see your screen. I mean, you can do it on discord, but I mean like how about something sure. inside of DCS where I can do engine failures. I can do, I can change the weather. I can change the time. Um, oh, kind of like a sim, kind of like a sim yeah, instructor. Like a, like a sim instructor yeah, thing. Cool. Be, um, yeah. And then it provides like graphs, your altitudes. Um, yeah. You know, all yeah, that that's a good eye charts and 3D models, you know, all that crap. And then you can see exactly what you need to approve on. And I can be there live yeah. watching you inside of DCS. I think that'd be a pretty like interesting integrated, Like an integrated tack view type. So, scenario. DCS World, uh, I want royalties for that idea because <laughs> I think that would be a good idea. Especially not just for like, you know, like us uh, simmers, but like for like if they're trying to get out to, you know, like different countries or like the Air Force or what have you, if they're using like the A10 yeah. VR and then they can have like a sim instructor. You know, no, that's in true. The background. You're hundred percent right. Cause any simulator I've been in trained from a training standpoint has had that and mm -hmm. exactly for the back brief. So no, that'd be cool. I mean, I know we're getting into the wish list type yeah, conversation, yeah, yeah. but uh, I think that's, and then there's like, going to be a whiteboard just, with a marker and you can draw on the, the whiteboard in DCS and then you can smell the marker afterwards. <laughs> I'm just joking. Well, I'm just joking. this one just, smells like cherries. And yeah. and just just a a final note on the on the MB three three nine. I I think like I said, just because I'm not a trainer guy, and I, you know, I think it all depends on. To your point, is it worth the money? I, for some people, absolutely. And so, as much yeah. as they're us kind of going, well, we don't really do trainers. There's going to be a ton of folks that out, out there that do it. Oh yeah, and I, they wouldn't they wouldn't have melted if they wouldn't have built it if there yeah. weren't. I did see a screenshot though of the 339 having um, a blacked out cockpit in the back for like IFR training. Oh really? So, yeah. Oh that's cool. Um, I'm not sure 
I saw a screenshot. I'm sure that that is something, but that's pretty cool if you want to do like IFR training. That would be cool. Mm-hmm. That would be very cool. They need to do that with the Apache to do the bag, yeah. um, which I think they are. I think there's a plan to do that. Cool. No, I think I well did the three three nine Rob. Uh, maybe it was covered in the interview, but was it ever used tactically, or was it purely a trainer? It was primarily uh, primarily a trainer, and then it, it it's also for um, aerobatic teams. But it did have mm-hmm. a limited uh, uh, tactical aviation with I think it had a limited close air support role. Mm-hmm. I think it had like rockets okay. and small bombs. Yep, and then okay. uh, it also was considered. Uh, for the U.S. military at some point uh, as a trainer okay. as well. But from a tactical perspective... As a drone to shoot down. <laughs> <laughs> we want 500 of them. What? I'm joking, everybody. I'm joking. <laughs> All right. So then with uh, everything else that came out, you know, there's a huge laundry list of uh, the, on the change log. Is there anything that jumped out at you guys change log-wise that's worth? I know, Tricker, you're a big uh, Viper guy. Is there anything new in the Viper that's uh that's a good thing um they came out with a non-cooperative targeting recognition um nectar i believe was called forgot the what was that uh exact term but basically you lock somebody up in single target track and if you're within so many miles of the aircraft it'll actually identify it on the fcr it'll say like hey this is a mig 29 um oh, really? and it varies it off of like the engine blades but it has to be within a 30 degree azimuth um oh, okay. for some reason that's cool it's non-cooperative targeting. I'm pretty sure it's like recognition. I, I don't know why it's escaping my memory right now, but um, they yeah. they did a bunch of fixes for the F-16, but uh, nothing nothing too exciting for the F-16. I know the F-14 he had a huge laundry list of stuff, and they got the pilot models in there now, and they look pretty good. Do you guys I normally don't... have the um, have the pilots in there when you're doing it? A thousand percent, it? no. Okay, I hate it. So. <laughs> I'm kind of like I'm kind of conflicted on it a little bit because like I do, I like how they look, um, but then they're yeah. always in the they're always in the way of the switches though. Absolutely. Um, but I mean, if you're in VR, I can see where it would add that immersion level. In what, VR, absolutely yes. Mm-hmm. Also, VR no. For me. So I guess it's a, I guess it's a yes and no. <laughs> you when you're hot and you're cold, when you're yes and you're no. <laughs> be with a friend. You don't want to feel alone. Yeah, I don't like it because it reminds me of how fat I am. Because I look down, I'm like, man, I'm so slim in this the cockpit. Uh, but no, I, I like even, what I don't even think it. you would fit in the F-16, would you? I wouldn't. I 100 would not. I'm sure your that. your helmet would hit the cockpit or the glass. I think it, I think it would. <laughs> I, I so a long time ago, I had actually talked to the Air Force about switching over from the Army, and uh, yeah, I basically was told that like I was too tall to fly most things anyway. Um, you I mean, didn't I want barely the call the sign too tall from like uh, yeah yeah it was we used. were soldiers too tall sir. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I was looking through. There is quite a few F-14 ones. I didn't even look at them yet. I was looking at the Apache. What was updated in there? Some some things. I know, of course, everyone's waiting on better SAS and all this stuff. I I what don't know. The, I have a hard is, in, time. In, in your Go opinion, ahead. what is like the best thing? the apache like what are you waiting for the for the apache to like give it that you know that that wow factor even though it's already a wow factor but i mean like to give it to the next level i guess yeah i think it's really good so far um i think what i'm waiting for and i know some of my other like real apache guys think this too like the fcr even though the fcr in real life is is kind of hot garbage um 
you know, I think what people don't understand about radar and military radar and really military equipment in general is it's not it's not a it's not perfect, right? It's by any stretch of the imagination. It, but people think that this stuff is perfect and uh, it isn't. You know, FCR will give you a lot of bad information. But with all that being said, because of the type of fight that we were in for the past 20 plus years, we never really got to use the FCR. In fact, most guys, most units didn't even deploy with them. Or if they did, they would just stuck them in boxes. Like it's a couple extra, I think 500 pounds for the FCR on an Apache. So that's, you know, that's five Hellfires. Um, So we didn't carry them and we certainly didn't really train with them to use them. So I think there's a lot of a lot of us that kind of looked at like the old school Desert Storm type scenario we're like man we just want to go out with like one bird's got the fcr and he's doing the scanning and he's squirting the information all the other wingmen we're all lobbing these hellfires and stuff so i i do kind of look forward to that when we can kind of have those kind of scenarios because right now it's just old school like hey there's a target at this grid and you know you're trying is to that pass a, off and stuff is that a tactical term squirting oh yeah we use squirt a lot for a lot of different things and uh Here we yeah go. and <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a true statement. Um, also, Stand I think by the Cowboy laser two spot two tracker. I'm squirting you. Some image. <laughs> I'm a squirt. Oh, we got squirters. Some information. Stand by. <laughs> well, the best is you got is you have people you call squirters. Ooh. All right. Please, have you please not elaborate. heard this one? Um, no, I haven't. Please, on please the objective, if you're on the objective, let's say we're doing an air assault and and your your Blackhawks are coming in to drop dudes off with beards that are going to attack this house and try to snatch somebody up. If you have anybody leave that house and run away, they're called squirters. Interesting. It, New tactical term. It. That's it. You heard it here first, folks. Uh, so you can use squirters in appropriate language. Um, but yeah, so I think I think FCR and I think a laser. I don't think it's out yet. I didn't even see that in the changelog. But laser spot tracker. That's also going to be huge because that was a big, a big awesome. Like when I was a Kiowa guy, like we didn't have that. We would have loved mm-hmm. to have had a laser spot tracker. And then when you go to the Apache, you're like, oh, this is so this is so much easier. So much easier for your wingman to to squirt the laser. That's also you can say that squirt yeah. the laser at something mm-hmm. and be able to get that return real quick. That's a good so bit right those there. Those are things I, like I look forward to. But I think a lot of people look forward to the flight model being adjusted. You know, again, this goes back to this endless quest of what is a proper flight model. And I will just continue to beat this drum that at the end of the day, none of it's going to feel right because it's not a real helicopter. Um, it's not going to feel right. It may feel better to what you think it should feel like. I fly just fine. I can go a month without flying it, turn it on. It's had some sort of change. I can still hover around no problem. Um so that tells me that it's not that broken. I hear people say, well, it rolls if you do this. Well, then don't do that. Like, I don't know what, I don't know how I can fly it for four hours straight and not have really a problem, but you keep running into trees. It sounds like it might be a you problem. I don't know. Um, but that's just the nature of the beast. It is I agree. It is. Yeah. In 2.8, I like the new thing that no, don't, don't many people noticed is the F10 map where mm-hmm. it shows you now both true and magnetic heading if you use the yeah. ruler. From one point to another, oh, really? which is useful. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I was yeah, gonna make cool. a. I was actually gonna make a video on that uh, later today. There's a lot of new useful tools in the F10 map. Really. Okay. Um, the, one of the things I really enjoy, um, you know, from camera work from doing content stuff is they added like easing when you zoom in and zoom out with the change FOV keys. It used to be like you zoom in with the FOV key and it would like snap and stop suddenly and it would look awful but now they added like some easing so like it kind of like zooms in and then gradually stops so it looks a lot better Uh, very cool also the rain effects are pretty sweet we didn't talk about that either they had rain effects before but they improved them 
Oh, cool. And I think they're in VR now. Uh, cool. Well, I guess the last thing that I did want to talk about uh, was the the World War Two map. Uh, World War II map gate, I guess we'll call it, because um, there's been some consternation over this. So originally we had, and I always get these two confused, we had the Normandy map and the channel map, or maybe it mm-hmm. was the channel map then the Normandy map, I don't remember which yeah, one. Yeah, it was Normandy was. then channel. And I don't remember which one people prefer, because one is like better than the other in some respects. Um, but now what we're getting is, what, one, one map to rule them all. They're all going to have the same information, but... If you already own the first two, I think you pay like ten bucks. If you own yeah, one of them, you I pay like twenty bucks, you, something like that. Mm-hmm. So is it just gonna like suck in all those maps and you can delete them, or like does it, does anybody have an idea how that's gonna work? They put out a an FAQ on it, but I'm not certain about yeah. that at all. Yeah. yeah I just know from the point of view of the campaign makers, and I didn't do any World War II ones, but for those who did, there's a problem because now you have they have yeah. to update all the campaigns because some of the airfield data doesn't match up. And there's sure. a question whether you do it and you charge money for it because they charge money for it as well or not, or you do it just for free because they decided to update the map. It's, it's a bit of a Yeah, yeah that, I didn't think problem. about that. You've you just continue to convince me why I do not want to get in the business of campaign creation. <laughs> just a constant headache. Updated map. No, that's a good point. Well, you need to make a new whole campaign for us. Yeah, just start over from scratch. <laughs> yeah. um, you can still use all your vocal input, and that's it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think it's good because I mean, and I don't do a lot of World War II. I'd like to do more World War II in DCS, um, but it is always a struggle. Like, well, which map do I use? Because if I'm trying to play with friends. I don't know which maps they have. And then it's like, I always forget which one's the one that people prefer. So I would rather just shop in one store and just have, okay, this is the map. And plus it is adding a lot more space from what I understand. Like it goes all the way down to like Paris or something and expand. So it's, mm-hmm. it's a bigger, it's a, the sum is greater than its parts. Essentially, if you put the two maps together, you know, and I've seen some people complaining about, oh, it's 10 extra dollars. Yeah, but you're getting more stuff. Like I'm willing to pay ten dollars for a more stuff and b convenience because again I don't have to decide which map to use. Hmm. It's one yeah, map, I so I just think that's one of these things that much to do about nothing. And I personally get tired of it, but you know, it is what it is. I mean, speaking of World War Two, I've been having a heck of a time in IL Two. It's been a blast. I, I know we don't IL2. really talk. I know I know we don't we don't really talk about IL Two that much on this podcast, but it is it is an airship podcast. It, we and, um, I would absolutely 100%. I actually did buy the Flying Circus, and uh, it was it was pretty it was pretty cool. I'll I'll give yeah, it that. It's just pure. It's just pure. Like you don't have yeah. to study. You just jump in and fly in yeah, you, just, you just go shoot stuff. Yeah. Um, those things. I was spinning out of control a lot though. <laughs> yeah, the camel. So, yeah. Were you flying yeah, the camel? It was it was the camel. Yeah. Do the blip switch. Okay. So I haven't, in flown, the real any, I haven't camel, flown anything else besides the camel. So and it took me forever to learn this, but I so in the camel it has an engine blip switch, which basically just cuts the engine off momentarily. Okay. And so if you ever watch, like there's people that actually still have camels, they fly them around. You'll hear it like nip 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 because you're constantly okay. hitting the blip switch. Interesting. But if you go into a turn and hit the blip, and like I'll hold it down and just turn and just basically turn into a glider for a few seconds. Okay. It it will reduce the amount of spins you get into by like eighty five percent. Yeah. Okay. So, right. so well then I'm gonna stuff. buy that key right now. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I I agree. IL two <laughs> is a fantastic for more game. Subscribe for more IL two tips from Casmo. 
<laughs> I'm <laughs> dude. I'm. I think I'm gonna start a solo campaign and just do it for content because I, I I miss I was it. Like, the same I like thing. doing it. Let's let's do a we solo do campaign one together. together. Oh my god! It, wait, are we? Best we just friends? become best friends. <laughs> <laughs> we finish each other's. Yeah. But oh. no, it, um, <laughs> IL two. Like I prefer, in my opinion, I prefer IL two World War two than I do over DCS. Um, even though yes. the, the, the cockpits aren't clickable, there's just so many more effects. The flight models feel better. Um, yeah. and just I don't the, need them to be clickable to have a good time. Yeah, yeah. And just the, you know? the damage. Like, there's not much to click. I mean, there's some stuff to click, but there's not, like, a lot of things to click on a World War II airplane. Right, right. So, and and I will say this, the one thing that I... I don't like their mission editor though, and that's why DCS will pull. Like, if I am doing multiplayer stuff, 100% DCS is easier to manage. But, but from just, just a solo, I think, like I just yeah. want to go fly World War Two, IL Two. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think just just talking World War Two specifically, I yeah. think IL Two is the way to go. And I I like the way that DCS went with the new damage models, but I still prefer like the IL Two. Like when you shoot somebody and they catch on fire, it's like wow, like that looks cool. Oh yeah. Yeah. Or or a piece will come off the plane and yeah, hit yeah. you, like because mm -hmm. you go too close and you just took yeah. a flap like, to the face. Like their landing yeah. gear, yeah, bounces yeah. right off yeah. you. And I smack it out of here. Get out of here, Goodyear. Dudes, <laughs> dudes jumping out of the plane and zipping right mm -hmm. past you and stuff. Yeah. No, I love it. Flying sir, and well, you don't VR at all, right? No, but okay. I heard VR in IL two is phenomenal. It's. Yeah, it, it's because it's older game and so it's not as pretty. But, you mm -hmm. know, depending on what you think pretty is, I still think IL-2 looks beautiful. But in VR, phenomenal performance. And I will tell you, like Flying Circus, I, I have held my hand up to block the sun because that's how, like, you know, it felt. You know, that's yeah, how immersed cool. I felt. So, no, I, I would like to, to, to explore IL-2 more on the show. I think I think we should because, mm -hmm. exactly, it is another flight. I think we need to... So. Is, um, there's a multiplayer server called Combat Box, and that's what I was yes. playing on. And um, I had I met like several new people, like just several new people that uh, I just met recently when I was streaming. And then uh, now we're like writing each other, and we we grew up like in the same area. So like you just meet. I mean, it's just the the way things go when you're flight simming. Yeah, I mean, you just meet yeah. new people and it's bringing people together. Yeah. No, that's good. No, we'll have to. We need to. Get, we need to play IL two together. Um, I, I always have a good time when I when I fly it because I don't take it. I think in DCS you are compelled to take it a little bit more serious just because it is a little bit more study level. Well, it is a lot more study level just because the virtue of you're flying with things with automatic stuff and screens and all kinds of stuff to do versus just jump in the airplane, turn the switch. Maybe there's a few gauges you got to mess with, and then you're just flying and you're fighting. Mm -hmm. So. Um, yeah, I, I encourage people to, to, to explore that and flying circus, I think is a lot of fun. So, well, cool. Well, anything that we didn't talk about that we should, I, I know, I know the Cowboys are starting soon. So yeah, I got so, 10 minutes, man. I got 10 minutes. He's got 10 minutes, 10 minutes, ten minutes here up. before the football game starts. That's it. BD, you got anything? I need to go and pack for New York. So yeah, for enjoy New your, York. enjoy your flight, man. Is it a direct well, flight? I'm always enjoying the flight. Yeah, I'm always enjoying my flights. Nobody calls me. I can watch videos. It's great. So what kind of videos do you watch or do you read? So, so now, now I've, I've subscribed to Disney Plus and I have to catch up on all the, all the Star Wars stuff. Oh, I was about you to know? say, are you watching like Aladdin? <laughs> like, 
don't know about you. I don't know about you, Casmo, but sometimes like if I'm in the bag deadheading and you download like a movie and then you start watching the movie and you didn't know there was like a nudity scene or yeah. or like you know, like there's like a lot of violence and you're like sitting there and like people are next to you and you're in uniform and like all of a sudden yeah. like, like a, well, a you know, like what's a female always, genitalia what's, pops out and you're like, Whoa <laughs> Like I got What's stop. always made me laugh though is like cause I'll fly on American and Delta most times for deadheading and so mm-hmm. I'll watch the movies that they provide. Oh, that that's and even true. then yeah. Even then, it'll be a movie. I'm like, I know there's a full up nude scene, or I know right, right, that right. somebody's gonna get their head shot. And like, exactly. And I start thinking about that. I'm like, I, who's around me? <laughs> but um, I mean, some people aren't I really self conscious or self aware in public. But no. Like, but like when I'm there yeah. and I'm like, man, there's a there's a sex scene or a nude scene going on, and like I'm like, you know, I better watch out. <laughs> Well, too, on this job, like, you know, I spend a lot of time in a hotel now. And so I kind of go back and watch shows like I watched all of Game of Thrones again. And now I'm going Mm -hmm. through the Sopranos again. Same thing. Like, I can't, like, do it on the plane because I 100 percent know Tony. Tony's going to be, you know, jamming it up Mm -hmm. with some girl in this one scene. So, um, (laughs) no, that's a good point. Yeah. You got to watch Aladdin. Disney Plus. You've you've chosen the right direction. No, this is brought to you by Disney Plus. Yeah, <laughs> proud sponsor. Well, that's good. Yeah. Well, uh, we hope you no, enjoy, enjoy, your enjoy your flight. Yeah. Oh, we're still finishing yeah. each other's sentences, man. We gotta, gotta get that IL two yeah, going, man. Yeah. Well, it's a match, match made in heaven. We're in the business of making sure people are enjoying their flight. Mm-hmm. Flight attendants prepare for departure. Rob, what about you? You got anything? You got any big plans coming up? Oh, so many. But no, no, I don't. Not really. Um, at some point, I do want, I am curious, we should talk about jamming and the F-14 uh, update. So, well, we didn't maybe cover it. Maybe we can get Mooch back on. Yeah, I think that'd be okay. interesting. Yeah, he said he was up for it uh, when I shot him a note the other day. So, yeah, pull him in. Okay. Right on. Well, we'll uh, we'll get together, obviously, in the next couple of weeks to do episode 36, because I believe this is 35. And uh, it is right now the 30th of October, so tomorrow's Halloween. This obviously won't make it in time for Halloween, uh, but hopefully everyone had a good Halloween if you celebrate such such uh, debauchery. And then uh, here in the States, we have Thanksgiving coming up. This will definitely be out before Thanksgiving. And then, uh, yeah, I'll be working for Thanksgiving. I don't know about you, Tricker, but Same. I'm on the schedule. Yeah. I get home Thanksgiving. Oh, do you? I'm, I'm mm-hmm. like halfway through a trip on that one, so wife is super happy about it. Um, but yeah, the, but we'll get together again before that. And then right now I'm working on, I'm going to do another charity event. I haven't done one in like two years just cause last year I was out of town. But, uh, now that I have my schedule, our company's changed. So now we actually do our schedule like three months out. Oh, so I okay. actually know. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to being able to plan my life a little bit, but, uh, we're going to do a big event. I'll talk to you guys about it. In fact, BD, I know I've already, I think I've already talked to you about some stuff there, but, uh, yeah, looking for early part of December, do an event um, in memory of a, a good friend of mine that died in a midair, and his wife started this sort of annual charity event when it happened. It happened in December. So uh, more to follow on that as I still develop it. But appreciate you guys uh, coming here today, and I'm glad that we could get our time synced, uh, which is always a challenge, and we'll look forward to doing it again here in a few weeks and hope everyone uh, enjoyed the episode. And of course, leave comments and likes and subscribes and whatever. Yeah, make sure you join the Discord and join the discussions if you want anything discussed on the podcast. Alrighty. Well, thanks, guys. We will talk to you all later. See you guys. Thank you. Bye bye. This has been the Air Combat Sim Podcast. 
a BVR production. Music by Vampire Stepdad. Want to support the show? Check out our Patreon. Follow us on Facebook. And be sure to leave a comment and rating.